1: And we are back for Heritage Radio Network on tour, broadcasting live from Slow Food Nations 2018 in Denver, Colorado. I am Hannah Forden, and before we um, kick things off, we'd like to thank our friends who have made our coverage possible, uh, Hearst Ranch, the Julia Child Foundation, Julie Schaefer. And without further ado, we are going to move on to our interview with Tara Rodriguez-Besosa, who is joining us from Puerto Rico. Tara is the founder of El Departamento de la Comida, a project born in 2010 as a multi-farm CSA, a storefront, and then a locally sustainably sourced experimental kitchen Mm -hmm. and restaurant, um, which is no longer there, but it sounds like a beautiful place. Um, She is also the co-founder and co-director of El Fondo de Sorry, do you want to say it for me? Yeah, it's called
2: El Fondo de Resiliencia de Puerto Rico.
1: But it's the Puerto Rico Resilience Fund. Excellent. Um, So you can tell me a little bit about the genesis of that because it was the response to the hurricanes that hit Irma and Maria. And you lost your restaurant, unfortunately. I'm sorry to hear that. I did.
2: It was actually a blessing in disguise because now we will reopen on a farm. Great. So trying to think of the positive uh, part of it. But yeah, so we are about to face, you know, just the next chapter in what is going on in climate change, specifically frontline communities in the Caribbean. Um, We've had many hurricanes in the past, but they're definitely now getting more intense. And it's just the effects, right, um, of overall global issues, and that's why we're here at Slow Food. Yes. Um, so Hurricane Irma, and then two weeks later, Hurricane Maria hit um, different islands in the Caribbean, and one of the places that they hit happened to be our space, which is in English, el departamento de la comida is the department of food. Mm-hmm. It's a project that we started in 2010. Mostly because we wanted to focus on the quality of food that got to people's tables and without having to wait for any kind of government response at that moment, how can we put things into our own hands and just do this ourselves in a way to have a mission that we could support local organic uh, agriculture through the consumption in any way possible, right? And have the people of Puerto Rico gain real access to healthy local foods that then affect the local economy. So saying that, um, I basically did a very similar project after the hurricanes, when my own project was underwater and most importantly, when all of the farmers that I work with were in a very, very detrimental, wasted position. Mm -hmm. Um, Puerto Rico lost 80% of its agricultural production after these hurricanes. Uh, Before the hurricanes, we were importing about a little more than 85% of our food. And so if you do the math, right now, Puerto Rico is importing up to 99% of its food. That's crazy. Which more than ever increases its um, insecurity and obviously it's one of the biggest food deserts ever, which is very, very crazy. (laughs) Um, So we decided that since our own project, our own restaurant had a mission of really existing because we wanted to support these farmers, why would we reopen at a moment where really we just needed to shift again our model that had shifted before into something that would support rebuilding and just getting farmers back on their feet in the few months after the hurricanes. So we started the Resilience Fund. It's a 24-month action campaign. Uh, We work in collaboration with other local grassroots organizations and organizations from abroad and individuals and Mm -hmm. farmers all over the world. um, Just in a way to not really do relief work after a hurricane, but thinking of medium and long-term goals Mm -hmm. that will ensure the resilience of these farmers for the next storms coming up. Um, So with the Resilience Fund, we focus on five different areas, rainwater collection systems, renewable energy. We get a lot of seeds donated, and we help with farm work, Uh, reforestation, because we also lost, I'd say, 80% of our forests (laughs) in this past storm. Um, And last but not least, actually the most important piece is community wellness. How can we support right now farmers that are going through not only the everyday obstacles of having a small, organic, sustainable, beautiful project. As if it wasn't challenging enough. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) it doesn't get any support anyway. Specifically, you know, a lot of uh, nations in the Caribbean are not like Colorado. We don't really have enough um, support from other organizations. It's very much you're trying to prove to the world that this is you know, beautiful, possible, and very important. Yeah. Um, so the community wellness is the one that we work with in, well, we go to different farms and we visit and we have a bus and different tools and just really organizing volunteers and making sure that all of these efforts are effective um, for the actual farmers Great. instead of being extra work. Um, and then also just making sure that they're okay that their families are okay, that, you know, a lot of things that happen after a hurricane, specifically when all of your farm goes to to the sky, so to speak. Um, you know, there's a lot of farmers with PTSD. Yeah, I'm sure. And a lot of farmers, not sure if they want to farm again, uh, especially thinking that now we're back in hurricane season. So it's, Really, how can we support existing resilient projects but really get them to a point where the next hurricane, they don't feel that they have to depend on outside resources?
1: Yeah, so how... I mean, it sounds like you've been working really hard to help to rebuild following the hurricanes and both emotionally and logistically, um, but so how are we thinking about the approaching hurricane season? Um, (laughs) I mean, you just brought that up, and I was like, oh, God. So, I mean, is there work that you're doing to make sure that... Farmers are protected, or I mean, it sounds like you have a seed bank, which is yeah good. Um, but what work have you been doing, gearing up for that? So
2: I j- literally just got back from a youth camp. Um, we are doing a mixture of things. Yeah. We are recognizing that for the past few decades, to not say a little bit longer uh, before. A lot of efforts have been going on that focus on autonomy, local economies, resilience. So just the hurricane, in a way, is this moment where more people are finding out about what's going on since before. So we're taking advantage of that moment and specifically spreading the word with other um, people from the American nation. Because I think like the number one issue in Puerto Rico is the fact that we're a colony of the United States. So a lot of the effects of that have to do with food laws, importation laws, uh, lack of protection of our local economy, and I could go on forever sure. about that. Um, but after the hurricane, we decided we are not just going to focus on immediate relief. Uh, we're going to focus on long term. but. Like you said, next hurricane season just came, so what are we up to? Um, We got a lot of, in the first few months, individuals to just donate seeds. We've donated seeds to more than 350 farm projects at this point. Um, And we still have more, and we're still getting more. And we're at this point now where we're trying to support local seed production, because now we're ready for it. Um, We've been doing what we call solidarity brigades. We... uh, One of our major tools is a solidarity bus, and it's this bus that we painted. It looks like the Scooby-Doo bus. (laughs) And we organize and are kind of like matchmakers between all the people that want to come and help out in Puerto Rico and other places, but in our case, Mm -hmm. Puerto Rico, and want to do volunteer work and want to do farm work and really just want to help out. How do we organize them in a way that they don't become more work for the farmers? Um, in the beginning months, a lot of farmers were like, "I cannot take volunteers right now uh, it 's too much yeah and volunteers were really trying their best to connect, but they 're not from there, so it 's really difficult for you to just you know get to a place like Puerto Rico and be like, "Okay, I want to help out at a farm and not be a burden right and having to rent your own vehicle and having to stay at a hotel and all that stuff. So we really realized that it was important for some entity to organize all the resources and all the volunteers and really connect them. So we have a list right now of over 90 farms, um, but our goal is to impact 200 food projects of all sorts as long as they are practicing sustainable agriculture. But we're working out with community gardens, school gardens, it could be your grandmother's backyard, everybody farms. That's fantastic. Um, And so all different types of scales of food projects, most of them existing, some of them new, and some of them that are actually transitioning from conventional practices. And this time around, we're like, all right, I'm going to, you know, I don't want more erosion, so I'm going to work on this. So we really just organize volunteers. Um, We organize volunteers. We do assessments at the different farms and really think about where are you getting your water from? Um, Do you want solar, which most people do? How are you going to finance that? And We can't solve everything, but Mm -hmm. we're really good at connecting people. And so it's just being very real about, all right, well, we can help you build this roof. And we have this group of farmers from Philadelphia, and they're coming down, and they're doing a fundraiser, and we're just joining forces. It's very much an ad hoc, you know, grassroots effort. Um, But with people like me that travel around and connect to other groups and organizations to really see... Not only for the case of Puerto Rico, but in general, how can we start to support solidarity circles Mm -hmm. where farmers all around the world should be connected? And it's proven that farmer to farmer support has been the most effective, right? Um, So we're doing a little bit of everything. And right now, uh, we've even been building roofs, I mean, that have not been visited by other government agencies. Um, But I would say just a little bit of everything... Hey, we um,
1: <laughs> got some people from, from the audience.
2: cooking to building roofs to doing farm work to distributing seeds, yeah. participating at markets and just kind of keeping spirits high and connecting. I mean, think one of the major things that happens with any kind of colonial situation is that we grow up in this world where we don't know that we can collaborate with each other. We don't know that we can trust each other. We Mm -hmm. don't know that we can actually be autonomous. So one of the major lessons to be learned, specifically for Puerto Rico, is how to believe in that again.
1: Right, and I mean, that's a good segue. I wanted to talk to you kind of like, for the future, obviously, there are... There's a natural disaster, and then there's colonial structures that have already been keeping things from developing and from the island becoming autonomous with its food supply and its economy in general. Um, I mean, in your mind, what what next steps need to be taken so that Puerto Rico can take care of itself can, you know, create the connections it needs to make worldwide. Do you think you're doing it on a grassroots level where you're filling in the gaps that yeah. government, um, et cetera, has been leaving unattended to and unsupported? So on a policy level, I mean, what, what is the best case scenario? What do you think needs to happen?
2: Yeah, so we need to look up this law called the Jones Act. Yes, yes. Um, and for listeners who aren't familiar,
1: do you want to summarize it a little bit? Say it again? For listeners who might not be familiar. Sure. I know it has to do with shipping has yeah. to be controlled by the U.S., right? So,
2: yeah, we're an island. Yes. We're actually a series of islands. Puerto Rico has uh, about four different islands. So it's we call it the Archipelago of Puerto Rico. Um We are a colony um, of the United States of America, which means that we're American citizens, yet we don't get to vote for the president, yet we pay taxes, yet our whole shipment of everything from cars to food to education, pretty much everything is meant to be imported. Right. Um, and that's a means of control. Yes, yeah. definitely. It's definitely a means of control and it doesn't allow for any type of autonomy, be it food sovereignty or be it political autonomy, economic, etc. So there's this thing called the Jones Act um, that was done, I think, in like 1912 or 1902, 1910. And it basically regulates that everything that comes in and out of Puerto Rico needs to come through the most expensive ship, (laughs) Um, which is the US, merchant marines, et cetera. Um, It's probably the most expensive and the least effective um, way to ship goods around the world. So an example would be we have our brothers and sisters in the Dominican Republic, in Cuba, um, Haiti, we're brothers and sisters of the Caribbean, yet we have no connection right now, and we're actually very separated. Why? Because I cannot bring produce from Dominican Republic to Puerto Rico. It has to actually go through Florida. <laughs> and it has to go through Florida in US-owned, US-operated ships. Um, and so all the food that we get has an average of five days traveling from Florida, Jacksonville, to Puerto Rico. and couple days in port, etc. So when you ship a lot of stuff, not only does it become more expensive, but it becomes more processed, right? Right. And less fresh. And you really don't know where it comes from. Um, So a lot of the work that we're doing right now has to do with creating our local food economies, because it's just the only thing that we can do right now to decolonize ourselves. Um, And the other thing that we talk about a lot and in very much solidarity with the rest of the um, population of the United States is let's talk about this. Let's yeah, talk about lack the of fact that. On the yeah, yeah, I mean, Puerto Rico's beautiful. You guys come to vacation. We live over here. Most Puerto Ricans live in the United States. How can we, in a very family style way, start to talk about some issues that might seem taboo, but they shouldn't have to be? And how can United States citizens help in supporting the decolonization, right? Um, Of one of, yeah, the United States colonies, which is asking for it. Um, So that's one of the major things that we can do right now in terms of more people in the United States just raising their voice in Congress. Congress gets to decide that. You guys are the voters, and we're brothers and sisters as well. How can we help each other out um, to really just shift? Because it's not only a political issue. I think it has a lot to do with our food sovereignty and our overall well-being as a archipelago. Um So that's something that we talk about a lot. And the second thing is, we're very much in a position right now similar to cities like Detroit, uh, I'd say New Orleans after Katrina, um, frontline communities, people of color that have been historically marginalized, historically effed over. And how can we really support all of these communities? Yeah. One of the things that we're doing right now is really connecting with these other cities around the United States and the world and saying, hey, wait a minute, you guys went through this water privatization ish- issue, or New Orleans, you know, public school issues. So we're really trying to connect and form a solidarity network between all of these different issues, right? That's because yeah, at the end of the day, we all want to be happy, and we all want to support each other's projects, and today's Puerto Rico and tomorrow's going to be another city or another place. How can we just create these structures that practice yeah. solidarity?
1: That's fantastic. And I think that's very much in the spirit of the slow food movement, you know, yeah. creating connection and just do it yourself. Just yeah. Make the change you want to see. Um, and we're, we're reaching the end of our time, but can you, if listeners want to get involved, if they're interested in volunteering or getting involved from a distance, donating, et cetera, networking, um, where can they find more information?
2: Yeah. So real quick. Um, The Resilience Fund is something that you can just look up, the Puerto Rico Resilience Fund or Fondo Resiliencia de Puerto Rico. There's a ton of articles. Um, There's an organization here locally in Colorado that is a Puerto Rican-founded, Latino-oriented organization called Americas for Conservation and the Arts. Um, So anybody living in Colorado should definitely look them up. They do a lot of stuff for the Latino community here. Uh, Look up El Departamento de la Comida. Uh, We have an Instagram, it's at EL Departamento, EL Departamento de la Food, Um, but you can just Google it. It's pretty easy to find, and I'm pretty accessible. Um, In general, just hook up, find Puerto Rico Farming, Sustainable Farming, and find us. We are uh, constantly looking for volunteers, for people that want to support, that want to do anything from afar or in Puerto Rico, Fantastic! and join us today at 2.30. There is a When a Disaster Strikes Summit from 2.30 to 5.30, and it's people from New Orleans and Louisiana, myself, people from New York, just kind of talking about what happens when disaster strikes. Excellent. Cool. Yep. So
1: if anyone listening wants to check that out, they can go to Slow Food's website for more information, where to find it. Um, and thank you so much, Tara, Rodriguez, yeah, so excited. for joining us. It was so nice This to is meet my you. intro to
2: Slow Foods. So. Oh, perfect. I just got here. <laughs> oh,
1: I love it. We're the, the first stop on your trip, and there's lots of snacks and lovely people to meet. I know, I'm about to do that. (laughs) Okay, well, thank you so much again, Tara, and thank you to our sponsors um, for making our coverage of Slow Food Nations possible, Hearst Ranch, the Julia Child Foundation, and Julia Schaffer. We will be back shortly uh, with more coverage from Slow Food. Uh, Stay tuned. Thank you.